are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Warriors with your host, Aliko Carter. I actually had recorded this podcast already, but then I lost every last iota of data that I had, and so I have to re-record it. So hopefully this version will be better than the first version I recorded, and because this is going to be the one y'all are going to hear, so hey. Coming off a great weekend of basketball, a win at the Sixers and a win at the Nets, uh, very exciting. But honestly, I think over the past 12 quarters, the Warriors have been outplayed, seven of those 12. Three quarters in Boston, two quarters apiece in... Uh, in Philly and Brooklyn. So, uh, you know, there's 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 concerns to be had, but uh, we'll start with that Sixers game. You know, they crap the bed early, allow 47 points to 28, uh, you know, stay, hang with them, go into the, uh, going to halftime with a 22-point deficit. Um, and uh, then they come out in the third and they do what they do in the third. They go into warp speed. They went crazy. 47 points, a plus 32. Steph had 20. And we'll start there because, uh, you know, as goes Steph, so go the Warriors. Um, and he has been um, in a slump of, 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 uh, of sorts for him. Um, but uh, let's go look at that third quarter and see what he was able to do. So as usual, Curry played every minute of the third, took nine shots, making six. Oh, sorry. He took seven shots, making six. Four, four from three, four, four from the line with a rebound, two assists, no turnovers, uh, and 20 points. But everybody played well in the quarter. Uh, Kevin Durant um, went four of six. Draymond Green hit all three of his shots. Uh, Nick Young got in on the scoring. Uh, Kevon Looney has been playing amazingly lately, got in on the scoring there, along with uh, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, a plus-minus of of 22 in his uh, six and a half minutes in this quarter. Uh, But... It wasn't just offense. It was the defense as well, um, holding the Philadelphia 76ers to 15 points in the quarter and um, making Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons non-entities, honestly. Um, And Dario Saric. Ten minutes for Dario Saric in the quarter, two of six. J.J. Redick, 0 of three in the quarter in 11 minutes. Uh, Ben Simmons didn't take. uh, He took one shot, and Joel Embiid took two shots in that quarter, uh, and they played most of the quarter. So obviously it was a shift in defensive intensity um, that led to the offense headed downhill and and then Curry did Curry things. But I want to talk about this Sixers team. Very exciting to watch. Um, Ben Simmons plays with the poise of a a player who's been in the league for, you know, four years, five years. Uh, Joel Embiid obviously has the skill set to be a dominant uh, inside out center um, but in that third quarter, uh, we uh, the Warriors just bottled them up. Um, they put Kevin Durant on on Simmons, uh, put his length on him, and I think that really made a difference. And they were uh, doubling um, Embiid at every at every possible point in the court, uh, the high post, low post. Uh, when he's out there at the three-point line. They really, really got him frustrated. He was not happy at the end of the game. He uh, said that uh, it wasn't necessarily that the Warriors flipped a switch, but that the uh, that the uh, Sixers just got less aggressive. Ben Simmons echoed that sentiment. Um, he said uh, his game changed 
after that third quarter. Um, you know, you can talk about switches and everything like that. I think the Warriors definitely have a switch that they flip at halftime. But um, these young guys, they have to learn. They have to learn um, that you got to play 48 minutes. You especially have to play 48 minutes against the Warriors. And the Warriors don't necessarily have to play 48 minutes to get out a win. And even when you're down by 22, they can come back in a flash uh, or in... 12 minutes, you can go from down 22 to uh, to, to up 10, and uh, that's what they did. Um, but uh, Ben Simmons has just got to be more aggressive uh, playing with a lead. You know, he only took one shot. He was not good um, <clears throat> getting downhill, and the um, Sixers offense suffered because of it. Uh, but in the first half, both him and, and Embiid were absolutely incredible. Uh, I'll talk about Simmons first. I mean... You know, the way he uses his body, uses his hot size to see over the defense, to get the ball over the defense, to get around the defense, to go downhill. The way he pulls um, uh, defenders toward him without a viable jump shot. Uh, the, the, the way he attacks the rim opens everything up for, for, for his whole team. He was just a joy to watch on Saturday night. In the first half, that is. Um, but for the game, I mean, he had an amazing game. 11 to 15 from the floor, all inside of the three-point line. He, he did not make or take one three-pointer. 12 assists, eight rebounds with a steal, and 23 points. Uh, they actually had four 20-point scores. Robert Covington came in five of 11 from three. What are you going to do with that? Uh, and 6 of 13 overall, along with 6 rebounds. He played out of his mind. He's going to be a, a very good basketball player. Um, you could tell how confident he was when he was out there against the Warriors. Um, it's something that we've seen a lot over the last over, over the, the course of this early part of the season. Every single team comes out feeling like they have a chance, and uh, Covington exemplified that for the Sixers on Saturday. Uh, J.J. Redick with 20 points. He was a minus 16, um, so his 20 points were a little empty. Um, but two of four from three, and he's playing well for the Sixers this year on that one-year $23 million contract. Dario Saric, another rangy forward. Very exciting to watch. Ten rebounds um, to go along with 13 points. Uh, 21 points for Embiid. Eight rebounds, which is below his average. But it really was a tale of two halves. Uh, the Warriors uh, played horrible defense in the first quarter, allowed 47 points, fell behind by 19 after that quarter, 22 uh, for the for the half. And I guess the Sixers thought they had it in the bag, but the Warriors had a different idea. Kevin Durant actually said that there was no strife in the locker room at halftime, that Steve Kerr is really good at not making problems worse. Uh, so it was very calm, and uh, they were able to come out at the half and feel like they weren't necessarily down by 22 points. They just play freely. You could tell how free they were out there. Um, they didn't turn the ball over. They were just at peace. And so uh, Kerr gets credit definitely for uh, keeping the team poised after really playing like dogs in the first half. I'll be writing about this third quarter for Bleacher Report. If you want to follow me at Bleacher Report or at Forbes.com, you can read my stuff there. Just search Aliko Carter and I'll be right there. You can also tweet me at Koji Tare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. I'm really happy to hear from any and all of my listeners. If your company is interested in advertising to men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Warriors is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at alicocarter11 at gmail.com to find out.
All right, that was the uh, Sixers game. <clears throat> this Nets game was really interesting as well. You know, the Warriors went out without Kevin Durant, who uh, tweaked, sprained maybe his ankle um, in that Sixers game. He's not exactly sure when it happened. I think it was an old injury that got re-aggravated. So they're just being safe. Uh, they kept him out, and he says he may or may not be ready for Wednesday against Ho Oklahoma City. We are all hoping he is ready because whenever uh, – that you know, that has the potential um, – with the Thunder playing very well of being another one of those game of the season kind of games, nationally televised, all that good stuff should be very exciting. But Omri Caspi got the start uh, in place, the well-deserved start in place of Durant in this game. And all he did was score uh, 12 points in 22 minutes, play incredible defense, uh, back cut and, and um, take good shots. Of all the reasons I love Caspi, I think my favorite is that he doesn't take bad shots. I mean, I've gotten pretty used to seeing Nick Young in a Warriors uniform now, and I'm actually legitimately excited to see him out there chucking uh, contested three-pointers. But when Caspi's out there, I just feel safe. I feel relaxed. I feel like he's got the uh, the, the, the poise and the, uh, the headspace, the right headspace, to just be out there with the Warriors and play within himself. It actually reminds me of Andre Iguodala. I mean, they don't have the same game necessarily. Caspi's a better shooter. Andre is a better ball handler. Uh, but the peace and the playing within themselves, and you feel like they're just not going to go out there and go berserk. Um, and just where they're where they place their hands defensively, how they move. Um, I think that uh, you know it was another great pickup by Bob Myers, uh, just to, to to bring Caspi in and and just seamlessly, uh, you know, insert him into the lineup. Uh, into very interesting lineups, including uh, his replacing Kevin Durant in the starting lineup, but also playing with Durant in the Andre Iguodala role um, in the uh, death lineup. Very exciting to watch. So the Warriors come into Brooklyn the night after winning that barn burner in uh, Philadelphia. No Kevin Durant, and Curry's coming off an amazing game. So this has every uh, in indication that it's going to be a Curry game, right? And it really, really was. 11 rebounds. He was inhaling rebounds, but also 39 points, 7 assists. Um, and one thing that the uh, Nets did extremely well was to put him in foul trouble, and he ended up fouling out on a, uh, on a charge call with a few minutes to go. Uh, in the game, maybe like five minutes to go in the game, and the Nets had made a game out of it. They fell behind by 20-some-odd points at halftime. 22, I believe it was 64-42 to 42 at the half. Um, and then they outplayed the Warriors for the next two quarters and, and brought it within four with um, with time to go, and the Warriors closed the game. Um, but um, they were outplayed in that second half uh, despite Curry's heroics. Um, and, uh, you know, that's definitely something that I think Kerr is going to look at because so far on this road trip, he hasn't gotten 48 minutes out of his team. Um, Boston obviously beat them, um, and uh, the last two games were iffy. I do want to talk about my favorite Warriors stat right now. They're leading the league in blocks. They had 14 blocks in the game against the Nets, and uh, they're blocking jump shots. Draymond blocked two jump shots. Sean Livingston is blocking jump shots. So I, you know, I don't know if it's like a closeout on the shooters, closeout on the shooters, closeout on the shooters, but the kind of control, body control you have to have to block a jump shot without fouling consistently is incredible. And uh, you've got uh, even Kevin Durant getting in on the jump shot block party. Uh, Clay Thompson occasionally uh, getting there as well. So the defensive intensity is there, the body control is there, and I think what you're going to see over the next few months is an uptick in defensive uh, efficiency from the teens to back into the top five. Clay actually told me he wants to average a block a game. That's a goal for him, and he's been pretty good uh, at challenging shots and blocking uh, jump shots as well. So that's uh, 
that's good for him. But I do want to talk about Clay because quietly um, he's just, uh, and I've said this before, he's been the most consistent player on the team. Um, you know, that's um, something we couldn't say about him in the past. So uh, 17 games in, he's averaging 20 points on 50% shooting, 46% shooting from three, along with 86 from the line. I mean, he could be getting to the line more. He's shooting less than a free throw a game. So that's something that they can work on. He's uh, assisting the ball at a near um, a near career high, 2.6 per game, 4.4 rebounds. He's got, he's up to 0.8 blocks a game. He wants to average one block a game, so he's working on that. But along with his uptick in efficiency, there's been a downtick in his general production. Uh, like I said, he's only averaging 20 points. Uh, he has hit the 20-point plateau eight times in 17 games. Um, and so he hasn't necessarily, and I think it's just, you know, because he's been efficient, and he's still right up there at 16 shots a game. So uh, the downtick in his points is really free throws. Um, because if you look at the stats, Kevin Durant is taking 17 shots a game, Curry's taking 17 shots a game, and Clay is taking 16 shots a game. They're all three of them are just through the roof efficiency-wise. Durant is taking five free throws a game, Curry's taking seven free throws a game, and Clay Thompson is at .8. So there's two or three points, um, you know, down from his career high of uh, last year or a few years ago, uh, where he was uh, taking, you know, two, three, sometimes four free throws in a game and um, really keeping the defenses honest by attacking the rim. Yeah, no more clay-ups, obviously. There's, uh, there hasn't been a clay-up sighting in, in a really long time. So if there's anything I'd change about his game right now, I'd have him attacking the rim more frequently, getting to the line, and um, becoming more of a threat in that way. And I think that really opens up everybody else. But anyway, let's switch gears to something a little bit more fun. I was at the Nets game, the, the Warriors-Nets game, in the press room uh, last night, and there was a uh, uh, a woman there from Georgian State Television, I'm assuming. Um, she said, I am from country Georgia, and we love Zaja, so please tell us about, about how you feel about Zaja. And so <laughs> it was so, I don't want to sound condescending, calling you know a grown woman reporter cute. Or, or anything about the way she sounded or anything like that, but uh, broken English is so adorable sometimes. Um, and Kenny Atkinson, uh, the Nets head coach, uh, had wonderful things to say about Zaza, uh, Zaza, excuse me, I'll try to try to say the name how it's supposed to be pronounced. Mike Breen does it right, nobody else does. Zaza. Um, and um, Steve Kerr had plenty of nice things to say, but it was it was it was really cute. They just uh, they they love Zaza and, and Zaza in Georgia. And uh, his kids are actually on the road trip. They're the, they're the ball boys for the Warriors on this road trip. Kerr mentioned that when he was asked about Jaja, and uh, he, uh, he mentioned uh, that after the uh, Boston loss, Jaja said, uh, you know, if they lose that game in, in Philadelphia, he uh, would FedEx his kids back to California because they, you know, bad luck and all that stuff. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, Zsa's a very, very funny guy. One of the nicest guys on the team and uh, just a great competitor. So uh, it was really cool to see him admired and um, uh, got to go to Georgia one day, go to Tbilisi and check it out. That's my podcast for Monday, November 20th. As always, you can reach out to me on Twitter at K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. That's at Kojitare. Or you can uh, email me questions, alikocarter11 at gmail.com, uh, and I'll try to answer them on the next pod. All right. Thanks for listening, Hoops Heads.